in terms of product sales by showing people how to stop selling and start enrolling people in their dream. I'll give you an example of our numbers on that. Those have gone up 6,666% in five years, just on product, by shifting the way people behave and interact. What are those 10X factors? How do you take somebody that was quote unquote ordinary and how do they become extraordinary? You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Okay, we are live here today at a very special edition of The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm Nikki Ballou, along with my co-founder and co-host, Michael Palmer. Say hello, Michael. Hello, everybody. And we have an incredible, extraordinary, extra special guest for you today. This is a man who I consider to be a friend, a mentor, someone I look up to, someone that I've learned from, someone who's got a heart as big as the world, someone who truly cares, but also someone who's mission-driven like a Navy SEAL and gets it done, no excuses ever. I'd like to welcome to the podcast the one, the only, the extraordinary and legendary Mark Von Muser. Mark, are you on the call? I am. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you here, man. It's a privilege. I'm uh, super excited. Love what you and Michael are doing, and I'm super excited and honored to be on the call. We are honored to, and it's our privilege, Mark, to have you here. So thank you so much for for giving up your time today to uh, share with our listeners. I know it is going to be extraordinary gold. 100%. Thank you. 100%, 100%, my friend, 100%. So, so Mark, would you, just for the benefit of our listeners, give them a little bit of your story, how you come to be the extraordinary accomplished man that you are today? Absolutely. Thanks um, for opening that door. And I'll give you a brief background. Um, really, I would say from the time I was a kid, I, I knew that I was here to make a difference. And a lot of time, even in school growing up, you know, I was the top student and then I'd get beat down because, oh, well, don't celebrate too much because Johnny didn't do as good. So don't make him feel bad. So from the time I was a kid, the Australians call it the tall poppy syndrome, where when somebody starts rising up, you get beat down. So anybody that can relate to that, that was me. In Little League, you know, I led the league in hitting. I led the league in stolen bases. I led the league in doubles. And then I got left off the all-star team, even though I was the, you know, the top athlete in there because the coach wanted to put his son on instead. And so that was kind of what I noticed growing up. But what it gave me was a drive to excel. People have a choice to make. They either quit or they fight back. And I was a fighter. And I remember started selling candy going door to door um, when I was about eight, nine years old um, because we could win prizes. And lo and behold, I just, it's made sense to me. So I just did it every day. And ended up winning a big award, got all the you know money. And back when you're a kid, you know, $50, $100 gift certificate was gold. There was nothing bigger. Well, that led to a series over the next probably 20 to 30 years, a passion for why humans said yes and why people said, you know, didn't achieve their greatness. I was not tall. I was, I'm still short, but I played sports and I did whatever I did with everything I had. Um, Over the next 20, 30 years, I've made over 500,000 sales calls. I've door knocked on over 10,000 doors. I've made over 10,000 presentations. I've invested well over 100 to probably 100 to 200,000 on my sales training and the uh, human development training. And I was always curious about why people said yes and why people said no. So I explored it. I was curious. I also explored why some people with less ability got amazing results and people that had every advantage never did anything. And so I've been curious my whole life. And then that led me to very high levels of sales and sales training. That led me to uh, consult with all sorts of businesses and eventually led me getting recruited uh, by the number one transformational leader in the world, who is still to this day, the largest transformational leader. He's worked with every president for the last probably 20 years. Uh, multi-billionaires, um, professional sports teams, 
you know, housewives, turn them in, you know, best-selling authors, you name it, he's worked with them. And I was recruited to come in and help take his sales teams and his coaching department to a new level. And the way they found me was because I had already trained their top salespeople, people that I had trained in other businesses and other coaching companies that were the number one out of 300 coaches I was personally coaching and training. And so they got over to the number one transformational company and all the top leaders in that group uh, kept throwing my name out. You got to get this guy. You got to get this guy. So I was honored and humbled when I got a call from number one transformational leader to say, hey, you know, let's talk. And so I went over there and just like with anything else, it's a combination of psychology and strategy. People are human. They come with the human condition. So I was able to go in there and in the number one transformational depart, uh, company and we our numbers have been absolutely crazy and I'd have to crunch the numbers. But uh, to give you an idea, let me figure this out real briefly. Just to t- the type of type of growth that we're talking about. So, for example, in the coaching department alone, we're up um, 1,666% in five years. That's a lot. And that was also during, yeah, that was during a tough time. In terms of product sales, by showing people how to stop selling and start enrolling people in their dream. Uh, I'll give you an example of what our numbers have gone up on that. Those have gone up 6,666% in five years, just on product, by shifting the way people behave and interact and helping people find that, as you guys call it, that 10x factor. So I was very excited, Nikki, when you told me what you and Michael were up to and the people and the and the strategies you were sharing, because that's exactly what we do. We, How do you take ordinary people that have been beat down who forgot how great they could be and how do you unlock their potential and their greatness? Because everybody has it, but there's a process and you're not going to accidentally do it. You need to be a fighter. You need to fight your way out and recognize that you, you, your birthright is excellence. And it's only a lie that society has beat down on you that you don't deserve it. And it, it becomes the truth when you accept it. So I loved when you and Michael told me what you were doing. I watched you. I've seen the results like you got with Adele, with Dan. You guys are transforming people's lives on a big way. And that's why I say it's an honor to get to support you guys. My purpose in life is to identify, inspire, and help awaken the greatness of human spirit and others. So that's why I'm here. And I, anything I can do to support you guys, I'm looking forward to it. But that's how I got here. Extra, extraordinary results with ordinary people, because I don't believe anybody's ordinary. It's simply they've been beat down so much, they've forgotten how great they can be. So let's let's open some people up and let's start helping people reclaim their power and live the life of their dreams. So it's not a dream anymore, it's reality. That's pretty incredible and amazing. I mean, we talk about 10X, but I, I, I you know, the numbers you said, you 11X the coaching business and 67X the product sales business of the number one transformational leader in the world. So can we say who yeah, it is or do we, need, do we need to keep it a secret? Is it one of those well, CIA think, things we could we well, could tell you we'd have to shoot you if we told you? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I haven't chatted with him, so we'll just keep it off the radar right now, but everybody knows who it is. Yeah. He's got a New York Times bestseller. He's, he's been the eminent thought leader for the last 30 years. He's the founder of the coaching industry. You know, just an amazing man. But the reality was it wasn't that he was doing anything wrong. It was simply that what we found was, you know, you need to build a team and you can't do it alone. And one of the things that that really struck out at me was that the mortal enemy of great is really good. You will never have extraordinary if you settle for good. And so by comparison, the company was already the best in the world. That doesn't mean there's not areas that you can improve. And so what I came in was to look at what's working, what could be improved, and let's do it. And we really focused on the individual. The strategies were phenomenal, but what could we do for each individual? I saw a study a while back that that said that approximately 67% of employees are disengaged. Well, imagine on a sports team, if 67% 
four-fifths of your team or three-fifths of your team just didn't really care if they won or lost. What is that going to do to your team? Team's done. Team's not going to win. Everybody has to be committed. So that was where I started to look. And it wasn't my the, the founder of the company's job to do it. That was my job. That was what I was brought in. How did I light a fire in them? How do I inspire them? How did I help raise their standard? How did I hold them accountable? Show them what was possible. And a lot of times it had nothing to do with the company. It had to do that they were having troubles in the relationship. They were overweight. They were tired. They had illness. They had life. They had a mortgage they couldn't afford. Those type of things will beat you down to a point where you're just not a, you're a fraction of who you could be. And so we started working one by one to get people back to their greatness. When we got the human right, the numbers got right. And that's the magic that happens. And it's available for everybody. And, you know, that's the part too, Nikki, and I, I was chatting with you. You don't take somebody like Adele who was already successful and doing well and then also help her, you know, get her first corporate client in a big way and to get break past her fear, break past her limitations if you didn't have a proven strategy. And what you were mentioning me about Dan, you know, going from doing good, but doubling his business while he was coaching with you. But once he joined your group, how did he start now signing up 11 clients and boom? And that E factor, that 10X factor, it's available. But the sad truth, a lot of people are not going to do it because they're just so beat down, they're going to give up. And so the, the part that I have found, I would rather run with 100 than try and drag 1,000. And you don't need 1,000 to change the world. You need 100 committed. And if you go back to the Spartans, look at what the Spartans did with the 300 up against an army of several million. But give me 300 people, 100 people that are committed. There's nothing you can't do. And, you know, I, I started the group over there with Margaret Mead's quote. Yep. Never underestimate the power of a small group to change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. And that's really the, the key is if you're always looking outside, you're missing your real power. So with that being said, why don't we dive and take a look if it's okay with you, unless you have something else. I'd say let's start looking at what are those 10X factors? How do you take somebody that was quote unquote ordinary and how do they become extraordinary? One of the biggest blessings I've had to get to work uh, with the number one transformational leader in the world was I've been exposed to billionaires, millionaires, housewives, People that have gone from zero to hero overnight, people that are Olympic gold medalists, people that are high-ranking politicians, rock stars, movie stars. And what really jumped out at me is these are people just like me and you. They're no better. They simply did things in a different way. And they also had challenges outside of their success. And that's also why they ended up in our world. So if you guys want, we can dive into that, or I'd be happy to answer any other questions you guys want to, want to throw at me. I would say the listeners are on the edge of their seat. Absolutely, Mark. Let's do this. Awesome. The fastest way to hack success would be three different steps. So what are those three steps, my man? The first thing that I would say, too, is that it's you, you, the quality of your peer group. And I remember hearing this, and it's probably true, but if you look at the five people you spend the most time with, how much money they earn and divide it by five, that's probably what you earn. So one of the first things that we did when we transformed the company to an even higher level was we had to get a peer group that raised the standards. Raise your standards, raise your life. And it's a choice. You have to decide, are you willing to settle where you're at right now? And don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Great. You've got a Mercedes. Great. You've got a 3000 square foot home, but is that your dream life? Maybe you don't, maybe you're in an apartment. That doesn't matter. It's absolutely irrelevant where you are today. What is relevant is what you're committed to becoming. And that's your peer group. So the quality of your peer group is largely determining about how much action you're going to consistently take. I'll give you an example, Nikki. 
I was in the military. I hated running because we had to run about 12 miles a day with packs, with boots, flat feet, stress fractures, torn meniscus, you name it. I still had to do it. Well, my daughter was getting bullied for being the fat, slow kid, and she wanted to run. So you can imagine how excited I was to do that. I dropped 50 pounds because I was a power lifter and a bodybuilder, got down to about 155 and started running. Well, with a, an accountability partner and a big why, guess how many times we ran over 90 days? How many, buddy? 137 times. Wow. Okay. We ran in the morning. We ran at night. She went from being the slowest kid in her school where they would sing songs about fat kid, fat kid, how slow could you go? Because she couldn't run one lap. When it was time to kick a ball and kickball, she'd miss the ball, fall on her face, and people would laugh. Throw her a softball, she'd miss it and hit her in the face. So they thought it was appropriate to make fun of her. Long story short, we started training. Less than 18 months later, she was the fastest runner in all of middle school for all of San Diego. Wow. Out of several thousand girls, by getting around and training with a partner, she became so fast, she ran a 5.30 in high school mile. She won the, the middle school championship by minutes over, over 250 girls. And to her word, she not only won, but every race, she would win the race and go back and high five and hug every runner. She said, Daddy, I'm never going to be like the bullies that were mean to me. But guess what happened when she went to high school? And she went to a school that opened the door for her to go to the number one school academically and also athletically in San Diego, private school. And she helped lead that team as one of the leaders to second in state. But when she went to school, I lost my accountability partner. In the next 90 days, guess how much I ran? I had the same why, the same beliefs, and the same values. But guess what happened to my running? It went down. You didn't run it as did. much. Like, it I don't did. Know. It did. But how much? 20, 30 times? 30 runs. Wow. 30 runs. That's the power of having an accountability partner. If you don't have accountability, their life's going to happen. You're going to get sick. You're going to not feel like running. You're going to not feel like going to picnic the call. If you don't have accountability, you're winging it. I just don't, I, I can't find any references of people that became millionaires and billionaires and thought leaders that did not have a peer group and have accountability. It's just the way it is. And I saw it myself. And there was another time when I was going to the gym. I had to wake up at four in the morning to get to the gym by 4.30. It's the only time we could work out. And I tracked this. Now, out of 30 days, we trained six days a week. And I started to log and I told my partner to log it as well. I said, every day you feel like going to the gym at 4.30 in the morning, which is very early. I said, write down it, put a smiley face if you want to go to the gym. Put a flat face if you're okay either way and a negative face, a sad face if you didn't feel like going. And just journal it. Here's what was interesting. At the end of the month, we didn't miss one workout. Not one. And what was really unique was every single week, there were two days that I felt like going. There were two days that I could care less, and there were two days I absolutely dragged myself out of bed. But I was not going to let my workout partner and my accountability partner down. Now, what was interesting was when I showed him my calendar and he showed me his calendar, the days I was pumped up to go, those were the same days that he didn't want to go. The days that I didn't want to go were the days he was pumped up to go. And what happened was we both got stronger. My weakness and the days I felt weak, he pulled me up. The days he felt weak, I pulled him up. And as humans, the human condition, we will oftentimes do more for our family, for our friends, for people we respect than we will do for ourselves. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. So when you have an environment, and that's the first thing that I had to do was create a peer group that had a standard. I told the guys, we are going to become the SEAL Team 6 of the coaching and transformational industry. We are going to become the dust on top of outstanding. And we're going to do it by owning it ourselves first. So if you had, and I started challenging them, 
if your desire is to write a best-selling book, I'm going to be on your ass to do it. And our group held them accountable. Now we've had two dozen people write best-selling books. If your dream is to run a marathon, we're going to be on your ass and we're going to help you run that marathon. Now we've had people that have run marathons, Spartan, Spartan trifectas, ultras. When we help them get right, guess what happened to their performance in life? Shot through the roof, baby. Through the roof. They had more energy. Everyone else quit. They were still pumping. They started finding a depth within themselves they never knew existed. You can close your eyes and get through life. You can be blind and have the government take care of you, be blind and get schools to pass you and promote you through school. You can show up at a job and mail it in. But if you want to be excellent and you want to suck the juice out of life, you want to walk across Egypt and see the pyramids on a camel, you want to skydive or you want to go dive the Great Barrier Reef, you want to stand in front of a group of 10,000 people and inspire them, you got to build muscle. You got to find that greatness within. And it starts with your commitment and whether or not you're going to be committed. And it's a decision to burn your bridges, to cut off from any other possibility. And when you commit at that level and you have a group to hold you accountable, magic follows because nobody wants to be the weak link. That's why SEAL team is so powerful. It's why they weed out 99% of the people because they only want the guy who can do the work of 10 to 100 people. They want the guy that's willing to lay down his life for his fellow man. And when you find that and you cultivate that, and it's in all of us, when you pull that forward from people, magic happens. And now you're going to find that mastermind principle that Napoleon Hill talked about. But now you're in a mastermind group, Nikki or Michael, and you guys are talking. And guess what? The magic that Michael might have been missing came from a new guy who just got sparked on inspiration. And that was the gift. And it fed Michael. Or maybe it was a distinction Michael gave, or like you did, Nikki, to Dan. Dan had been struggling and he got distinctions from you. And boom, now he signed up 11 people. Well, what about those 11 people? Great. He's going to make a lot of money. That's cool. What's more powerful? He's going to transform 11 lives. Now, those 11 lives are going to be beacons of hope in their world. Those 11 people are going to be a testament to other people that can transform their life. So when you help Dan, Dan now is more powerful, and now he is impacting people on a bigger world. That's a 10x multiplier. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And you know what you said about Dan and Adele? Their stories are pretty amazing because when Dan joined our organization, E-Circle Academy, right, he was doing well, but he really wanted to step it up. And the importance of having people around him stretch his mind and have him think differently is what got him past doing one-on-one fitness training sessions. He started an online group and he's already got six people in that online group. So as a result, the amount of money he used to make an hour training people one-on-one, that's gone up fivefold because he's doing one-to-many online. That's what's nice. been big for Dan. And and the thing you said with about Adele, Adele's a great lady. She was frustrated because she had been in a lot of different groups. She had a lot of coaches and none of them had worked. She felt they'd mailed it in, as you put it. They had taken her money and not really delivered the goods. And what she found was different for her being a part of this group is she was forced out of her comfort zone. She couldn't just sit in there and say, I'm going to market. She actually had to go have conversations with people and put herself out there and sell. And, and you know, in this case, I found that sales is like love made visible. Selling is an act of mm. love. Like love, it takes courage. Like love, it takes vulnerability. And that's what Adele's displayed. And that's why she's winning. I love it. It's so powerful. And you know, it, it reminds me what what one of the scariest places to be is when you don't even realize you're mailing it in. And I'll give you a story about me as well. I went through about a seven-year ass-kicking uh, in life. You know, I lost my dad. My dad died of cancer. My mom died of cancer. Um, my workout partner committed suicide. And he was one of the most successful people. And today's actually the day. It's his anniversary, Troy. And may you oh, rest in man. peace, buddy. I'm so sorry, and, buddy. Yeah, it was, he was such a great guy. This guy had the magic touch. And, and I didn't, because I was so far up my own head, you know, my own butt with my own pain. I didn't even realize it. 
and I the real estate market collapsed. I watched my net worth drop a million dollars in a map literally about two months. And I remember sitting there feeling sorry for myself. Two of my friends from work died of cancer, uh, prostate cancer and um, pancreatic cancer. And we were the three amigos. And I just found myself as the last of the three amigos. And then I saw the death of the American dream happening. This was back in 2008. And that broke my heart too. Watching the big banks wipe out the middle class and, and all the fraud that was going on, wiping out good Americans and Canadians and people that were buying properties. And now there were some people that were stupid with their house, but the majority were not. And to make it worse, I was making bank. I just did. I had lost that passion. And I, I basically went into a shell. I didn't care. And it was like, here I had this gigantic earning power, but life happened. And again, what I was missing was a peer group. I was the guy. I didn't have other people that I could turn to. And it was a very dark place. And by the grace of God, I'm here because it sucked. I mean, I, everything I looked at was just collapsing. And to do it alone is brutal. And where do the leaders go for support? Where do you go if you don't have a peer group? And then I also got cancer. And I didn't care. I remember sitting in the back of a Tony Robbins event wishing I'd get hit by a car. And it wasn't until my daughter got bullied that I pulled my head out. And I started realizing that I had a gift. And I was basically being a self-centered bitch. Pardon my French, but I was. I was only caring about myself. And it was in my discovery that I'm here to serve my fellow man that I was able to pull out. And I remember sitting in the back of that event, listening to Tony, and I remember I heard a voice that said, if you could take the cancer for your daughters, would you? And in that moment, I said, I literally, I was in the back row. I had had surgery on Monday. It's Thursday. I had a big cyst of lymph fluid in my crotch because they don't stitch up those deals. And I turned to see who said it, and there was nobody there. And I said, yeah, I absolutely would take it. And then I heard the voice say again, it said, well, some parent doesn't get that choice today. And in that moment, I became grateful for my cancer. And in that moment, I stopped basically whining and being a bitch. And in that moment, I started thinking about, wow, I could tell my kids I love them. I could tell my family I love them. In that moment, I realized that I could still impact the world and leave a legacy. And I could write a book or I could go out and help inspire and quit whining and step up and start rocking. And it was within two months after that, that I got the two job offers, uh, one for the number one transformational coach in the world um, to you know help transform his coaching department and training department. And that's the one I took, even though it was less money than the big high ticket seven figure income. And I'm glad I did. Because my, my journey was to find a, a hundred warriors of light. And then the next one was to find a thousand. Because collectively we can change the world. And that's what it's going to take is people that are a thousand percent committed. And that led to the second trait that I noticed. Number one is I found a peer group. I got a peer group. Other people like me committed to changing the world. And that's what, I, what I'm there to do. The second part was accountability. And I touched on it too, but you need a peer group, but you also need an accountability. Are you going to be accountable? Are you going to honor your word? Doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean I didn't want to sleep in, skip my workout, but people were counting on me. How am I going to show up? And just like the fat guy who needs to lose weight, once you start working out, doesn't mean you're miraculously in shape. You're going to pay for the sins of your lifestyle beforehand but you can accelerate it quickly. And so that's what I did. I had to start paying for the sins of my lifestyle and my choices. And by that, I mean, by not you know, playing full out, by not making my finances a priority, by not living my best self. And magic started to happen. And when I found my 10X factor, magic happened almost instantly. And then I got back in shape. That was the same time my daughter was getting bullied. And I help, I dropped 50 pounds rapidly because I'm also a health coach, but I wasn't owning every part of it. And I lost 56 pounds in about two and a half months. And I started running and that pulled me out. And then I started sharing my gift with others and I had people to hold me accountable. And the next thing you know, my life was what I had one day dreamed it would be.
So anybody listening to this podcast, who's holding you accountable? And I can tell you it should not be your spouse. You can love them, but that's not their job. To be accountable needs to be somebody else that you respect, that you do not want to lose their trust. And that's who it needs to be. It needs to be somebody that sees your potential and can help you find the best part of yourself. And so that was the second part was I had, I found accountability. And so that would be a question I ask for everybody. And Nikki, you've had similar successes and Michael, where in life did you notice your life transformed once you were starting to get held accountable? Well, God, I, uh, I got into superb shape when I was younger. Uh, you know, I was being held accountable by my friend, Mark McCoy, he's an Olympic gold medalist. And, uh, within, uh, three months, I, uh, I dropped about 20 pounds and I got 6% body fat. I got tremendously in shape. You know, you've held me accountable uh, to, to certain commitments I've made in the past. That doubled my, uh, my business results as well. There's no question. Accountability is a big deal when people, as you say, that, that you respect, hold yeah. you accountable. So how many times did you blow off Mark McCoy to sleep in? Never, not once. <laughs> huh, huh. And in 90 days, you transformed your body. Yeah. I wonder if there's a lesson there for everybody. No, 100%. Because I, I did the same thing. And Michael, do you have a, an example of as well when you all of a sudden finally had accountability versus being left to try and try and do it yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I um, when I was growing up, I, I, I grew up in the Okanagan Valley and I used to watch Ironman. And Ironman is a competition, a triathlon where you uh, swim for just about four kilometers uh, get on a bike ride, eight, 180 kilometers through the mountain, and then do uh, 42 kilometers of marathon through the desert heat in the South Okanagan, 40, 45 degrees uh, Celsius with no, with no humidity. I used to look at this and think, these people are crazy. I could never do that because I wasn't very athletic uh, when I was growing up. But uh, a friend of mine got involved in it, started doing it, and I, I got inspired, and I, I started training for, for Ironman by myself, and, uh, and then I did the best thing that I could ever do is I joined a master's swimming program because swimming is difficult to swim four kilometers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a long haul. So I joined a master's swimming group and all of a sudden I immersed myself into this community of swimmers that were like, they were Olympic uh, distance swimmers. There were people who had swam varsity, swam in the, uh, for the Olympics. And I was surrounded by all these people that were excellent at swimming. And so I, if I didn't show up, I'd get a call from somebody in my lane. It's like, where the hell were you? You know, are you coming to this meet? They were pushing me forward and forward. And then I, I hired a swimming coach. And the swimming coach said, Michael, you need to do immersion. You need to throw yourself into the swimming. So I went and did uh, a weekend of 15. We, we swam 15,000 meters in one weekend. I came out. I jumped two lanes in my, in my master's swimming. When nice. I did Ironman, I, I was in the top 200 of, of the storms. There were about 3,000 people who did that race. I was in the top uh, 200, 250. I beat my best friend who's, who actually qualified for, the, for Ironman, uh, the world champion in, uh, championship in Hawaii. Uh -huh. I beat him out of the water by three nice. minutes. You know, yeah, awesome. it, there's just like, I was not the guy that was going to do this, but it was because I hired the coaches. I got into a group of people that were doing excellence and I took my performance to just something I could never even uh, imagine be possible. That's awesome. And so again, here you did the impossible, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. So what if we also could tap into that around our life with our finances, with our ability to impact the world? What kind of world could we create if we started creating an environment, which is really what you guys are doing with your e-circle, of thought leaders, of business leaders, of family leaders, people willing to settle for nothing less than their best. And that, that key component is accountability. But then there's the, the last aspect that I've noticed as well. Strategy matters. And I was always curious, what were the key distinctions that make the difference? And we'll, we'll kind of springboard on what you said, Michael. When I was training for the Navy, and I was training for the Navy and I never, I, I grew up body surfing and surfing and diving. So to me, I was a fish in the water and I didn't realize how much of it was technique until I had an expert who taught me how to do a combat side stroke. I didn't know there was technique. 
I didn't realize because I was already the fastest guy I knew. The only people who were faster were the ones that swam varsity or water polo because they had hours in the pool. But when I went to the military out of 109 guys, I was number three out of 109 swimmers. The number one that was ahead of me was uh, All-American in swimming. He swam at, I believe it was Ohio State. Number two was a varsity water polo player, but every other swimmer, I beat him, kind of like you, Michael. But I didn't realize that there was another level because I had never been pushed. So I started to notice when I went to work with the number one transformational leader in the world, he is a huge proponent and he's worked with over 30 million people. So I'm pretty sure he's got it kind of dialed in. And he used to tell me in, in the group, he would say, guys, success is a combination, 80% psychology and 20% strategy. So you need both. Now, guess what they teach in most coaching programs? They teach strategy. Strategy is somewhat irrelevant if you don't have the right psychology. But psychology without action is also irrelevant. When my daughter had made a decision to go ahead and run and she made the decision the decision alone is not enough to get her to the, the winner's circle. You have to combine the decision with intelligent action. So I made it my purpose to reach out to every Olympic coach I could find, every best-selling author I could find, every female runner superstar. And over the course of two years, I had reached out. If you guys ever check my Facebook page, you're going to see most of them I'm friends with because they were on the same opinion. And I got a very good series of running distinctions. And I also was able to find what are the mindset shifts that have to happen. And so there's something that explains it very, very well. It's called the success cycle. And we'll cover this, uh, Michael, with you guys at, at your training in depth. But here's basically the gist. Whatever are your beliefs, Let's say you have a belief that I always win. That's a positive belief. That the quality of your belief is what is the key to unlocking your potential. How much of your potential are you gonna use? Then the amount of potential is going to drive the amount of intelligent action that you're gonna take. If you take a lot of intelligent action, you are going to get better results. Better results prove that you are always going to win and you spiral up to your dream. Well, that's what it is when you hack it the right way. Sadly, most don't. Everybody on the planet has two dominant beliefs that unless you get rid of them, they will always run the show. Number one, that you are not enough. That you're not tall enough. You're not smart enough. You're not sexy enough. You're not good enough in bed. You're not um, kind enough. You're not generous enough. You don't earn enough. You're not a good enough husband. You're not a good enough dad. And there are hundreds and millions of references to prove that. The second is that because you're not enough, you're not worthy for unconditional love. Now, if those are the two dominant beliefs, which everybody from the president of the United States has, if those are the dominant beliefs that, that run our subconscious mind, that now allows us to access less of our potential. Why? Because I'm not enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. I didn't come from the right stock. I didn't go to Harvard. I didn't graduate from Princeton with a doctorate. I didn't become a doctor. I didn't become an attorney. I didn't become a movie star. I'm not enough. So now, if that was my belief, I will only be able to access a smaller part of myself because I'm already committing to defeat. Then if I use the lesser part of my potential, I will not take as much action. If I don't take enough intelligent action, I get less of a result. I get poor results, which reinforce that I'm not good enough. See, there's the proof. And I spiral into the gutter of hell. Does that make sense, you guys? Absolutely. 100%. So the key is how do we identify those hidden beliefs? And it's a little more than the scope of this call. But but I know we'll dive deeper you know, down the road. But you have to understand that psychology is the engine in the car. 
Psychology is the key. How you look at yourself. How do you identify and annihilate those limiting beliefs? They're there, I guarantee it. If they weren't there, you would already be an Olympic gold medalist. You would already be a multi-billionaire. You would already be a multi-time New York Times bestseller. You'd already have a passion-driven relationship where you've been married for 20 years and you're still bunnies. And when you lose that passion, it's a slow, debilitating way to your grave. But you can fix it. But you got to identify the rules. There are certain rules of success. The 10X is simply what happens when you identify those rules. Everybody has greatness within them. Not everybody is willing to commit to achieve it. So the people that I love to work with are people that recognize that they have greatness within. They might not know how to get it out, but they're committed. And there's no price to pay. You just commit. Whatever life asks, you you pay it. No questions asked. Very much like you saw in the Spartan quote. Yeah, you either commit to victory or you commit to defeat. There are no other options. There are no in-betweens. I really believe that. Yeah. And so what people are amazed, that's why people are in awe of the Olympian. That's why people are in awe of the Navy SEAL. That's why people are in awe of the Iron Man or the ultra marathon runner or the guy that went from zero to a billion and did it the right way by adding value to his fellow man. Because we assume that, wow, that's great. But at our core, we know we can do it too. But we have to deal with fear, limiting beliefs, and all of those millions of references that you've been told from the time you were a kid to sit down, Michael, get in your seat, stop talking. This class isn't here to serve you. Just be a part, blend in, you know, and and we've had our greatness beat down. And so part of what I get to do and what you guys are doing is helping people break free from that lie. And when they do, you get a 10X factor. And that's what we've done with the the transformational company I work with, with the online company I have the pleasure to work with. So whatever we're doing, that's at the end of the day what we're doing. We're helping people find that greatness within them and then giving them proven business strategies or proven life strategies that will accelerate their transformation. And it doesn't have to take a long time. People also assume it, that you have to pay penance and you have to drag it, that success is you know, never gonna be here and it's gonna be a you know, marathon of grind. There's a lot of work involved, but it's fun when you align. Well, Mark, I gotta say, I mean, this is even beyond 10X. This is 11X to 67X, <laughs> which is what you've caused. So we may need to change the title of this podcast from 10Xing it to 11X to 67Xing it. And um, what I'm really excited about is that you're actually coming to Toronto June 22nd, 23rd, 24th to our three-day immersion at East Circle Academy. And you're going to go in greater depth to some of these principles you've talked about. And people have an opportunity to see you live. And what's really amazing is you don't often do this. I mean, typically the type of training you do is inside uh, the company you work with for the world's number one transformational yeah. leader, and you help awaken the giants within those people. Yeah. So it's a real treat and an honor for people to get to spend this time with you. And we take this very seriously. We're going to make sure that we have the right people in the room for you so that you get to give your gifts the way that you are committed to giving them and that these people benefit from it. We're really excited that you're going to come and share uh, your wisdom with us over these three days. I just can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. I have to be selfish, Mark. I'm actually more excited for myself. Um, You know, this call was amazing. And, you know, I have my own limiting beliefs. And so anything to lift up my greatness so I can do the work that I do and, and make the difference that I want to make in the world, man, I'm inspired. So I can't wait to see you. I am so excited and I'm excited for our group that you're going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm honored, guys, that you've asked me. And I love what you guys are doing. I love, you know, the strategies that you guys are doing are so powerful and where you guys are. And collectively, anybody that makes a commitment to go, 
to that program and, and gets there. Their lives will never be the same. Uh, we're going to rip it open. We're going to find out whatever is stopping you. And nobody is going to be in that. If they play full out, they will have the best part of themselves leading the, and driving the car for the rest of their life. And we're going to show you guys exactly what are the traits of the multi-billionaire. What are the traits of the Olympian? What are the traits? How can you claim that now? And we're going to eliminate any of those limiting beliefs, anything that's stopping you. You're going to get clarity around it. You're going to know if you want to take your income up to a million dollars a year, you're going to know exactly what you need to do. And you're going to have a group around you that's going to help you do it. You want to also become a more powerful, inspirational leader. We're going to talk about what those strategies are because that also is changing. No longer is the world going to take diet advice from the fat guy. So we're going to talk about and really drive deep on you want to add power to your message. We will cover that too. And we also need to make sure that anybody in the group, think about a world where you've got a thousand, a million people drowning in the water. Well, that's what we're facing. Our job in the boat is to go out and grab as many people that want help, pull them in the boat, dry them off, give them some cocoa and get them in their own boat so they can help us pull more people out of the water. So if, give them some cocoa. I love that, man. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to give them their own boats because we can't do it alone. So what we need is leaders that are going to step up. And the way we do that is first get you rich. The best way to help the poor is not be one of them. Because if you're poor, you can't help anybody else. So if we help you get rich by helping add value to your fellow man, you've got more resources to help other people. Now you pay it forward. And in your purpose, we're going to show you how to serve your fellow man and make more money than you've ever made. Like what you said, Nikki, what would your life be like if you took last year's income for the year and you made that every month? What does that look like? And 100%. If, yeah, and you did it in less time because that's the stuff we're going to cover in Toronto. So guys, like I said, don't waste my time. I don't want to waste my time with dabblers. We don't have time for dabblers. We have time for people that want to claim their greatness, who want to make money, who want to transform their world so they can help transform others. Those are the ones that I want to talk to in Toronto. People that know it's possible, they just don't know how. And I don't care if you have to beg, borrow. I was going to say steal, but beg, borrow, sell something to get there. Because I don't care if you're flat ass broke. You have the money to somewhere. Borrow it. Add value, go work extra hours, but whatever it takes to get there, get there. Because what I've noticed when, you know, for example, Tony Robbins, when Tony Robbins first got hired by Jim Rohn, Jim said, sure, you can work for me, but you got to buy all my products. Well, that was $3,900 back in the 70s. What people didn't know is Tony was homeless. He lived in a Volkswagen van. Tony is 6'7". He lived in a Volkswagen van. He was struggling to do it. His, suit, he, his suits were three inches up from his shoes because he bought it at a thrift store. That's all he could afford. What did he do? He didn't have 3,900 bucks. He didn't have 50 bucks. He went door to door in business areas saying, hi, I'm Tony Robbins. I want to go to this seminar, but I need to get $3,900. Will you invest in me? He went door to door for three and a half days. Not one person said yes. Just like Colonel Sanders when he had a recipe and that was it. Tony went door to door and he went finally to this one bank and the bank turned him down. Well, he stood up and the lady said, wait a minute. She said, I believe in you. I can see your heart. She goes, I'm going to invest in you. And she invested in him. And that's why you know Tony Robbins. Because he was committed. He didn't have the money. It's irrelevant. It's bullshit. Money is simply really an is. obstacle. You either get around it or you become its slave. You find a way. Colonel Sanders, retired, 65, realized he wasn't going to be able to make it on his, his retirement. All he had was a kick-ass recipe. He went to a 1,000-plus restaurants, said, hey, I've got the best chicken recipe in the world. I'll, I'll give it to you for free if you'll share with me, me any increased profits. It's a no-lose. Even with a great offer, a thousand people said, no, we don't need it. That's why there's a Colonel Sanders and a Kentucky Fried Chicken in every city in the U.S. with over 30,000 people. Because they tapped into that commitment. 
The money's irrelevant. Find it. Get resourceful. Sell some of your shit. The average family has between ten dollars and $20,000 of crap that you don't need and don't use. And so what you have to come at the end of the day, are you more committed to your excuse or are you more committed to your dream? And I don't care if your excuse is true. Doesn't matter if you're broke. That's exactly why you need to do work harder to get there. But I guarantee it for the person that has to get the most resourceful, who has to work the hardest to get there, I guarantee it you will get the most out of this event. To the guy who could easily drop 50 grand for this program, he's going to sit with his arms crossed. But the guy that's got to scrape nickels together to get there, that's the guy I want to talk to. Sure, we can help the guy that already can afford it. We'll rock his world in a lot of different ways. But to that guy out there sitting, listening, how do I get there? Find a way. This is your first test. You want to live a life that people are inspired by? You find a way. Just like I had to find a way. Just like Tony had to find a way. Just like Colonel Sanders had to find a way. Your greatness is on the other side of that commitment. So that's where I'll leave you guys. Damn straight. We love it, Mark. Thank you so much. And this is... Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer, the co-founders and co-hosts of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast, signing off on this very special extra edition of the Business of Thought Leadership. And we, we love you, Mark. We honor you. We are so honored to be here with you. And we're so excited to have you coming out on uh, June 22nd, 23rd, 24th in Toronto. Excellent. Thanks, guys. It's been an honor and a privilege. I'm looking forward to uh, rocking with you guys in Toronto. Bye, Mark. You've been listening to the Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>